Hey y'all, this is Lysandra Janae coming in with a new podcast I'm going to try called Tune In. I originally, for those of y'all who have been like with me for a minute, started a podcast in like 2018 and it was just called Social Soundtrack, which has now become um, a brand I created to focus on storytelling and healing and building community across the African diaspora, specifically through the creative arts. And I've had this newsletter for, I think, longer than that podcast for a while now. Been writing, between blogging, doing newsletters, all the things. And it felt like sometimes writing things down doesn't fully grasp what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to communicate. And so I'm taking versions of my newsletter and turning them into this podcast. Um, And it's particular that I I start with this one, a year of tenderness to reflect on um, my birthday and this new year. And music for not just a soft girl season, but a soft girl life. And so yeah, I hope this will set the foundation for what tuned in will be a little bit of music, a little bit of reflection, um, and my ongoing journey to live well and center justice and joy in everything that I do. In January, I wrote about my hopes for this year, for year 31 of life, and um particularly tenderness and what I expected that to look like, knowing it would require discomfort and messiness and coming face to face with difficult feelings and thoughts. I've had a word, so to speak, for each birthday since 2019. 29 was confidence, 30 was nurture, and 31 was tenderness. Of course, none of those words expire, continue to grow in confidence, continue to learn how to nurture things, um, and I'll continue to uh, grow and learn what it means to be tender. I'm almost settled on my word for this year, which I'll talk about more towards the end, but I wanted to reflect on the messy process of becoming tender. Um, Previously, one of the things I've written about was that tenderness can be my goal, but I'm already learning that the process to becoming tender means more vulnerability and honesty, more embracing mistakes and failure, and less control. Um, I've been adding to a playlist called Growing Tender all year. I'll try to include that in the show notes. Growing Tender is the soundtrack of my reflection for the past month, for the, really for the past year and kind of sets the foundation for tuned in. And so as I close out year 31 and enter into 32, it's a magic year, although I know nothing about basketball, no shade to Magic Johnson. Either way, it's a magic year. Um, I know I've barely scratched the surface with tenderness or softness or what's really um, felt like a very messy and uncomfortable year. But to try to keep my thoughts organized, I've separated my messy and or really organize my messy and tender thoughts into five categories which is faith work my people love and living well on faith in april of this year i left my local church it was a church and a pastor um that i prayed for long before i moved to new york i had actually connected with them back in like 2017 um 
yeah, it was there for like their launch service, all of that. But I left that church in April, um, had no plans to return, but I left for multiple reasons. Maybe I'll touch on that in this podcast. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, my Some of my reasons, uh, how I would communicate them right now might be mad petty. And so in an effort to show a little more grace, I'll probably hold back on my, my words for now, for now. But one reason is that I've had discomfort with American cultural Christianity for more than a decade, really. The more my faith has grown and I've learned about Christ, the less I see cultural Christianity, particularly like Western American cultural Christianity, as an embodiment of my Savior. Um, When I say cultural Christianity, I'm talking about consumerism culture, celebrity influencer pastors or speakers, really. And churches really feeling more like brands than the body of Christ. Um, if you have not seen the Peacock movie, Hunk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, I highly suggest you go see it. Um, I think that's a more, of course, extreme, um, embellished version of what I'm talking about. Um, Celebrity-influenced pastors. Aren't, I'm, not, I'm not always just talking about the pastors who... Um, have platforms of like 25,000 members or nothing like that. Like sometimes you can be an influencer pastor um, and be, you know, leading a, a church plant that's only been around for a few years. And so I'll leave that there. Um, but for me, cultural Christianity, it feels more like the temple that Jesus cleared out and flipped tables in, in John chapter two, than a refuge. Um, yeah, I, I was becoming more and more, I feel like with every Sunday I was at my church, I quite literally wanted to literally and figuratively flip tables. Um, cultural Christianity is hyper-spiritual. It feels like a click. I will say this year I found a lot of solace in Rachel Held Evans. She was um, a writer who passed away actually in like 2019. She wrote this book called Searching for Sunday, Loving, Leaving, and Finding the Church, and found so much solace and just like solidarity through that book. And so for me, tenderness and faith, um, which is an ongoing process, looks like rethinking what it means to be a Christian, especially on Sundays. Tenderness and faith is living in light of grace, which is without shame, it's without fear, Um, It's letting go of this need, especially as a person of faith, to be right and feel like the ways that I'm doing things are right, whether it's feeling like I'm right or righteous because I go to church on Sunday, because I read my Bible, because I know so much scripture, because whatever the reason that is not rooted in um, simply believing the gospel of grace. It's letting go of that. And it's letting go of this social club mentality. And I've found that easier. Um to live that way beyond the four walls of a Sunday service. On work, tenderness and work, I started a new job in March and am still working in the nonprofit sector as communications director. Even though I keep saying I'm leaving this sector, those who know, you know, I've been breaking up with every job I've had since like 2018, 2017. We're still in the sector. I, for one, never wanted a leadership position within a nonprofit organization, particularly a social justice nonprofit organization. I've been extremely afraid of burnout and responsibilities. Um, 
or potentially just growing complacent when it comes to the concerns of staff who aren't in leadership positions, um, particularly staff who are um, paid significantly less than those of us who are in leadership. And so I never wanted to take on a leadership position, but I think this position is stretching me as a thought leader, is stretching me as a creative and justice-minded storyteller, and I hope will um, stretch me to become the type of leader that I've always desired. With social soundtrack and work, I've been flexible this year in learning how to give myself grace. That's how I've been tender with social soundtrack. Um, I feel like there's so much I've done with social soundtrack from the write-in, if you followed that, the creative writing workshop and journal that um, I launched back in 2020, as well as intermissions and interludes, resistance and resilience um, journal, a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff, curating, play, continuing to curate playlists. Um, I realized in the past year, I do not have an entrepreneurial mind in that I really like knowing that my monies are coming in twice each month, that my bills are going to be paid and that I can have paid time off. Um, currently as I record this, as I write this, um, as I get ready for my birthday, I'm currently enjoying my paid time off. It's really nice to know that I can literally take time off from work and I'm still going to get a paycheck. And things like that are not certain as a business owner or entrepreneur. Um, and that makes me nervous, quite frankly. <laughs> I've also wanted to be really mindful about not heavily monetizing a brand that is centered on Black healing and Black joy. Uh, those cannot be for sale. And I feel like there's so much consumerism even within like wellness culture and wellness brands and I'm trying to be extremely mindful that I don't particularly put a price tag on that type of stuff um and then market it towards black people like we shouldn't have to pay for our healing we do not have to pay for our healing let me correct myself and we do not have to pay for our joy um however comma if any predominantly white brands want to you know give money into these efforts for reparations i'll always do that but i've really been trying to find ways to make sure that the things i'm putting on particularly if it's for black people um, remain cost effective and if anything free and so yeah i don't i i've been conflicted about what that looks like and that is also why i've been flexible about around what i do with social soundtrack how much i do um and yet how it's marketed, if, if at all. Additionally, I'll say having a nine to five, so to speak, uh, allows me to turn off work more easily and say no to grind culture. Um, again, just knowing that I can have paid time off and I get paid for time off. I love it. It allows me to joyfully and freely write. Um, I can joyfully and freely create without the pressure of needing my paycheck to come from what I create. Um, and I think for me, that helps me create from a more authentic space. It helps me not feel pressured to like, just produce content for the sake of producing. Even right now, like I just had a really good morning and I was like, child, I'm gonna restart this podcast. <laughs> and if this podcast goes beyond one episode, cool. If it goes beyond 10 or 100 episodes, cool. If it just stops with this it is what it is because I'm a person, I'm a human being, not a human doing. And 
that's on that that's on work tenderness in my people i'm nurturing my community here in new york which means deeper and more meaningful friendships um i've also recognized my circle is so much smaller than it was like during and fresh out of college i still know and am connected to many people in the city as well as folks even outside of new york um for those who know i've lived in dc miami nashville and grew up in missouri so i've lived in a lot of places before settling here in new york um but even though i'm connected to a lot of people in the city i'm probably super super close to like two or three and that is as uncomfortable as it is refreshing i feel like at times i might be lacking because i'm not super close to like my college friend circle anymore or i don't really like have friends from grade school anymore and so when i see other people who who have that it, it feels weird um yeah like i'm not nurturing certain friendships but the older i get the more i want my friendships to be filled especially the ones in which i live in the same city as people i want those friendships to be filled with intentionality and consistency and accountability and not just we're staying connected because we have so many years between us and we have so many memories and familiarity i don't need dozens of people to show up to an event or just hang out with sporadically just for pictures although i love that it makes me happy to be surrounded by lots of people. Um, but I think deeply, more deeply, I desire to connect and nurture relationships with people who can see an IG post and feel, you know, genuine concern and reach out and, you know, just pop over to my apartment for a wind down or a heart to heart conversation. Like I've had that before. And those are my people. You know who you are. Um, and I want to continue growing so I can be that kind of friend. I've also... In the past year or two, I had to like slowly and solemnly close the chapter on old friendships. Um, as I mentioned, there's just a lot of people who, given we were in the same city, um, going to the same school, whatever, we were there was a level of closeness. And I think, especially having like long distance friendships, sometimes breakups are very, friendship breakups particularly are weird, but also an inevitable. And it can be uncomfortable when it's a slow fade, but... I've had several of those in the past year and I'm learning in terms of becoming more tender, becoming more soft, that the healing is going to come in waves. And so sometimes it's like, all right, whatever, on to, you know, continuing to nurturing the friendships with the city, it, within the city that I live in. And then also just like, damn, I miss so-and-so who lives like hundreds of thousands of miles away and just like what we had. And um, knowing it's not like an indictment on the person, it's not an indictment on me or either of our ability to maintain a friendship. It's just sometimes you outgrow those faces, sometimes you outgrow those friends, and um, they were sweet while they lasted. Tenderness on love, child. I ended an engagement and relationship last year, man. Um, but this year I've gone on more dates. Um, I've communicated more effectively about what works, what doesn't, what my needs are. And I have been taking things drastically slower than I did previously. I'm sitting in the tension of still desiring to meet um, and partner with and commit to loving a romantic partner while still basking in the thought of being like the single bougie auntie uh, for the rest of my days, which is fine. Both of those lives can be um, just as fulfilling and just as wonderful. I've also been rereading All About Love by Bell Hooks. 
for the umpteenth time child i have lost count of how many times i've read this book it's fine it's that good i learn something new every time i open it um and right now i'm being stretched and challenged around what it means to make a choice to love people to commit to their spiritual growth while also learning how to honor my own growth um and commit to my own self-love i cannot contribute authentically and wholly to the former or loving others if I don't also commit to um, just daily learning to love myself, which is more than, you know, taking a bubble bath or cutting people off because you disagree with them. Like loving myself is committing to this tenderness journey. It's being honest about the unconventional parts of my life, becoming okay with being wrong from time to time and having the courage to share all of that with other people. Again, that's a process, but we're on it and it's been beautiful so far. And then tenderness on living well, y'all, my therapist and I, we've been working, okay? I've learned a lot about adult ADHD this year, which I got a diagnosis for um, just months ago. And I'm still coming to terms with how to manage and live fully, especially since a lot of my symptoms were suppressed as a child, thanks to perfectionism and anxiety and that good old strong black woman syndrome where you just gotta, you know, perform and have all your shits together. It's wild. And so getting this diagnosis, it could bring like a lot of shame or fear, but actually for me, it's been quite freeing. Like I seriously laugh every day at all the little quirks that I've had for years and it's been comforting to finally have context context for them um like rearranging furniture in my apartment in my apartment every like three to four months because i'm bored um again those who know know that it's been a thing for me where i'm just like oh rearrange my books or what have you like child it's a symptom for adhd or like being in meetings and needing to doodle or take notes during meetings just because it helps me pay attention um there's so much that it's it's been really nice to have just context for and apparently women particularly black women have been woefully underdiagnosed for adhd until recently the upside of this is that i found it easier to talk about my diagnosis with other colleagues um and be like find acceptance and like affirmation, which is huge. And I've found an online community with other black women who provide like tips and strategies for coping, living and thriving with ADHD, which is huge. Like it's not like the diagnosis has to take over my entire life, even though it has taken over my algorithms on Instagram in my search column. Like, oh my gosh, y'all are being mad creepy on that social media platform. It's fine. Um, this year I also found out that I have a secure attachment style child. If y'all are not familiar with attachment theory, look that up. I think it's a big deal that I have a secure attachment style considering the amount of trauma I endured as a child. Um, apparently that should not be a thing, but I think it's a testament to, again, during doing the work with my therapist. I've been learning a lot how to feel my feelings this year, uh, particularly anger, and instead of rationalizing or intellectualizing my feelings, um, which I learned I do uh, or ha have at least historically done a lot to prevent others from feeling uncomfortable. So my therapist child, y'all, she's earned every single coin this year. And I guess I've been doing the work, too. So 
to us and tenderness. Um, I'm going to include a link to the songs that have been a soundtrack for this messy, uncomfortable, freeing, enlightening, and introspective year um, that is going to be exclusively on Spotify. So you can follow that. And then I believe the next year, again, just as I prep for my birthday um, and sit into reflecting and yeah, like moving into a new year, it's definitely going to be dedicated to learning what it means to restore. Restore is everything from my health hair, which I dyed purple last year and admittedly have not been taking care of as I should. Um, but also coming to terms with the fact that I don't like doing my hair. So that's just on that. Um, restoring my relationship with the church. Um, not necessarily, again, American culture, Christianity. I don't think that needs to be restored. I think that needs to be refined and abolished, quite frankly. Um, maybe I'll talk about that more on this podcast. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. And also restoring uh, the relationship with my community. I moved to New York in the middle of the panty, like thick of quarantine, like May of 2020. And so in some ways, I'm still trying to find my footing, especially with uh, community, with community organizations and yeah, just people here and reminding myself that we're not in a quarantine anymore. Like I can connect with folks. And so I want to continue to restore that. And who knows what else? Um, I'm sure there's m much more in the next 365 days that I may not be aware of right now uh, that I'll need to restore. And again, like tenderness, it doesn't just stop here just because I'm turning 32. That'll continue as well. And I hope y'all, you listeners out there, will stick around for the journey. Um, this is for justice and joy. Hey y'all, thanks for listening to this first episode of Tuned In um, for Justice and Joy by Alessandra Janae. If you would like to stay connected, you can do so by liking, subscribing, uh, share with your auntie, uncles, cousins, and them. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Alessandra Janae. Until next time, be well, live well. Um, yeah, and do something that brings you and your community justice, joy, and healing.